Hello and welcome to Confessions of an Aging Ingenue. I am your aging ingenue, Jenny Tooley. I'm so excited to have you here today. We are going to get started here in a minute, but first I want to extend a personal invitation to you to join us in the confessional Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month. Check it out at JennyTooley.com. You might even end up in the confessor seat. Okie dokie, here we go. Hey everybody, it's Jenny Tooley. How are y'all today? I hope you're good. Um, this is episode, what, 10 of Have I Told You About the Time? And if you're not familiar with the podcast, this is just me with my iPhone sitting in my apartment. No special studio, no fancy microphones, just Jenny talking into her iPhone. Um, and uh, I guess the reason that I decided to do this is because, oh man, why did I decide to do it this way? It costs so much <laughs> to make things sometimes. And I have set my mind in the past on creating things that are as perfect as they could possibly be. And I suppose this is like my swing against perfection. Um, just letting this be good enough um, and letting whatever I have to say today be good enough. So yeah, this isn't even scripted. And I'm not exactly sure what I'm about to talk about, but we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> okay, folks, here we go. Have I told you about the time I auditioned for a movie called Arlington Road? Okay, so interestingly enough, many, many years ago, I was on like a, a full, full speed ahead. And this would have been around when I was, I don't know, 23, 24, maybe 25 full speed ahead, like things were going really well for my acting career in Dallas. I was booking back-to-back -back plays, um, the casting directors for film and television knew who I was, um, it was like one of those sweet spots in an actor's career. That doesn't happen for everyone, period. <laughs> I was going to say that doesn't happen for everyone all the time. But I'm going to say it doesn't happen for everyone, period. You know, some people have really hard time getting work. It has nothing to do with them, necessarily. It just has to do with what is happening behind the scenes. Now, I will say, though, that the key for me during that time of, um, like, prolific work as a film and television actress and a theater actress was I had let go of caring um, one of the actor's diseases, I'm going to call it an actor's disease, the, one of the actor's diseases is desperation, and like, I have to get the job, 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 what do I have to do to get the job? Um, and it's all about getting the job, it's like tunnel vision about getting that job. And, um, if I don't get that job, I have completely failed, right? So, um... I had that actor's disease for quite some time, and there was a point in my career, in, early career in Dallas, where I just stopped caring, and I would just go into auditions and do whatever. 
Um, now, it didn't mean like I didn't care. It was just I had lost the desperation and I could sit in the lobby with all the other chicks who may or may not look like me um, and not really get into all the politicking and there's like all this kind of stuff that happens. There's an energy that happens in those lobbies. And it doesn't, if you're a new actor, you may not relate to this as much because there are so many um, taped auditions now that you don't even go sit in those rooms very often. But man, if you're really hypersensitive to other people's energy, those rooms can be dangerous. So um, one of the things I used to do and still do actually is walk Um and I just try to stay focused. Unless I see somebody I know that I want to have a conversation with, I just stay focused on on my work. And I stand up and I walk. And sometimes I'll do some yoga or I'll go outside. Like if I know that they are way behind, I will go outside. Um, because I don't need other people's energy to affect me. Well, sometime in my early career, though, something happened and that switch just kind of got turned off. And I could go in and do whatever, so without being affected by anybody else's stuff. Um, so I was invited to an audition. I want to say that was a Liz Kegley audition. She was a big uh, casting director in Dallas during the late 80s, early, and, and 90s, like full throttle through the 90s. I moved at the end of the 90s, so I don't know... Um, how long Liz stayed around, but I do know that when I came back in the thousand, two thousands, um, she was gone. Um, but at that time, Liz Kegley, like she was the go-to for so many, so many films and television series. And she liked me, thank God. So she would just, I was an auto call and on some of her stuff, I was, I would go straight to callback because she knew I could deliver. We didn't even need to go through the audition. I just go straight to callback. I don't remember if Arlington Road was one of those, but I do remember um, that it was in Houston. So this audition, when would this have been, y'all? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, probably 1998, 97, 98. So I went down to Houston for this audition, and that was during the time. Boy, we're getting like a history lesson here. That was during the time before 9-11, so you could just hop right on um, Southwest for like 40 bucks um, at Love Field, straight through the security line, hop on the plane and be in Houston in no time at all, rent a cheap car and be at your audition and do like a really fast day. Well, I always like to spend the night, I learned that pretty quickly that I need I really need to spend the night somewhere. Those those back and forths between cities um, don't go well for me. I don't do my best work. Um, so I flew in, I think the day before, and stayed at some cheap hotel. And I went to the museum. I went to the Natural History Museum, which was totally cool. I love doing that. It, it totally breaks things up for me so that I don't get hyper-focused on the audition anymore. I actually you know, have a little bit of fun and have focus on something else and exploring things, which I love exploring things. Um, so I got up and I went to the audition the next day and I was auditioning for, I don't remember what the role was called, but it was like the college girl. 
So if you've seen the movie, there's a college girl. She has a line. And the girl who got cast in that role, she has dark, dark black hair. I think her name was Raquel. Um, and I auditioned for that particular role. It had a line or two. I walked into that audition. <laughs> oh my God, what did I walk in in? A pair of jeans, a t-shirt. I don't even know if I put on a jacket. I might have. But what I had was I had on a belt buckle made out of um, bottle caps. For those of you who remember. What <laughs> yes, like a Topo Chico bottle cap. They still exist. So imagine bottle caps. I had a belt that was recycled, made out of bottle caps and a um, seat belt. So the clip in front of the belt was uh, the seat belt clip. And it was surrounded all the way around my waist by bottle caps. And then as a necklace, I had like a, um, God, I don't remember what those are called. They're those silver beaded chains. They're not for jewelry. They're for um, like, oh, like if you're going to hook uh, your, something to your keys or something. Uh, I don't know what they're called. If somebody knows, please comment. <laughs> anyway, they're beaded. They're little, they're little silver beaded metal chains and um, on this I had hung a the uh, face of a silver man's watch that my boyfriend at the time had given me um, and my hair was long and it was down and of course like at this time how old am I I'm like 20 in my mid to late 20s of course auditioning for a 19 year old because that's how my career has been, is I, I, was, I was auditioning for high schoolers until I was out of college, and then I was auditioning for college students until I was in my 30s. So um, I went in, and I thought, uh, <laughs> I had heard that Jeff Bridges was going to be in this movie, and Tim Robbins. I love Tim Robbins, and Jeff Bridges, for some reason... I thought was Jeff Goldblum. Who I don't know why. I think I had just seen a Jeff Goldblum movie oh, about a house or something. So my brain had mixed up the Jeffs. Um, and I went in and I did the audition and I read the line and they looked at me and they were like, can you put your hair up in a ponytail? And I was like, um, yeah, sure. So I had a scrunchie, of course. And if you don't know what a scrunchie is, go look it up. <laughs> I think I had a scrunchie on my wrist, and I, I just threw my hair up into this terrible ponytail. <laughs> now, let me tell you, ponytails were really lucrative for me during this time, because that's how I also booked that Sonic commercial. My first booking ever was a Sonic commercial, because I could swing my freaking ponytail. And in order to be in a Sonic commercial, you needed to be able to walk and swing your ponytail. So they asked me to put my hair up in a ponytail for Arlington Road, and I'm like, sure. I know how to do a ponytail. <laughs> so I put my hair up in the ponytail and they gave me new lines, which happens sometimes in, addition, in an audition. You'll have prepped for a one character and then they see you and they think, oh, we think you'd be better at this other character here. Go learn this whole new character and these new lines in the next, what is it, five minutes, however long it's gonna take for this next person um, to do their audition, right? And if you're lucky, they'll give you more time. They'll be like, take your time, don't worry, um, we have, you know, we'll, we'll just keep going through other auditioners until, and then we'll slip you back in. 
so I, I had no, I don't know, I had no, my confidence was up, I guess, I don't know what was going on, but I had no fear, I just walked in with my crappy looking ponytail, and um, read those lines, and left, and um, flew back home to Dallas, and I booked that job. So I'm going to tell you more of the story. This isn't just about the time I auditioned for Arlington Road. This is my whole Arlington Road experience. And what I love about this story is I went into the audition without your traditional audition clothes on. At that time, the traditional audition clothes would have been for me to wear a chambray denim shirt, preferably over some other type of tank top or t-shirt with the buttons unbuttoned, right? And my jeans and um, some kind of loafer type shoes. That would have been the preference for an audition of this type, college girl. I did not do that. I didn't go in as Stacy Sinclair either in my pale pink sweater and um, whatever that tweed skirt and loafers was that they put me in, in Bottle Rocket. I kind of went in as Jenny Tooley. So that's part of the story that I love. I went in and was myself and later I talked to the producer, Tom Garay, and he told me that one of the things that attracted them to me was that necklace I had around my neck and the belt because it told them something about me and the, and the kind of person I am and that I'm th authentic and this is what they needed. Um, so the other thing that's really interesting about this film is this is a cult hit. It's a great movie and we'll talk a little bit about the movie in a minute, but even to this day, I have people tell me like, um, my friend Larry Jack, he told me it's one of his son's favorite movies. Fascinating, y'all. Like, you never know what's going to come up when you work on a project. Um, now, the other parts of this story that are definitely industry and spiritual related are I, I was young and naive, and I was told I was going to be on this movie for, I think, six weeks. So I packed this huge bag. I went down to Austin or Houston, and this was during the time before all these new SAG union contracts and modified contracts and all this crap that's happening right now, before all that stuff. So I went down there, everything was paid for. There was no question. I went down there and my, I think I drove, I may have driven myself so that I would have a car. My gas was paid for, my hotel room was paid for, my per diem was paid for in full. So that's your daily, they give you a daily per diem to feed yourself and take care of yourself. Um, and I was making a weekly rate. So I get down there and my little naive and self-righteous self gets there and discovers that I actually have to go back home like in two days because I'm booked at the beginning of the shoot and the end of the shoot. And um, I was really confused about that. I don't know why, but I was. I'll admit that. 
So it turns out I ended up going home after the first couple days of the shoot and going back down there and kind of splitting my time up. A couple of things happened on that shoot. Um, one was, I remember being in the parking lot in the um, garage scene. There's a garage scene with Tim Robbins and I. Um, and I remember being a little nervous and he was working out something he was going to do with me as some kind of cult ritual with Mark Pellington, the director, whom I adore. Mark Pellington, you are awesome. He was great. Uh, gosh, there's so much to this. I didn't realize how much there was, so let's just unfold it. We'll keep unfolding. So I'm there. I'm with Tim Robbins. Um, we're about to do the scene, and he literally, right as they call action, says, so are you freaking out? And I was like, I am now. And I immediately had to start this car and back up. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, but I kept my focus. The other thing that I just thought of was Mark Pellington. Mark Pellington taught me about art books. I don't know that that's what he called them. But when I was on that set, I had enough time between scenes and on my days off that I could kind of just wander around and see what was going on and they had Mark had created this beautiful art book that they would reference that would have references for how he wanted things to look how he wanted things to feel like things colors thematics that actually is how I learned for myself how to do my own film preparation work when I'm a filmmaker is I make art books for for my people so that we can all look at it together um, he was very very involved in how things looked and how things were paced um, and how actors were he wasn't just a director who was like directing actors he was a director that was involved in the whole process really um so that was really inspirational to me and something I had still do 20-something years later. And let's see, what else that set taught me? Oh, well, I also learned that Jeff Bridges was Jeff Bridges and not Jeff Goldblum. Um, Jeff Bridges was a really beautiful person to work with. He encapsulated what I now understand when you book a lead on something, on a film, you're not just playing the lead character. You are, in and of yourself, a leader. He was the person that really encapsulated that for me and showed me, showed me what that meant. He was the one that was on the set the most. Um, and, like, with, if you went into the makeup trailer with him, he would be there with the guitar singing, talking to everybody, treated everybody equally uh, as far as I was concerned. And I had a small role, you know. The ponytail girl shows up multiple times in the movie, but it's still a fairly small role. And there are some lead actors and actresses who will not speak to people who are day players or background players. Um, there's just this thing that I can't, I'm not going to go into about that, but there are people who will not talk to 
people who are, they will not associate, there's like a caste system for some people. He was not like that at all. And uh, it really gave me great confidence in my abilities and my um, uh, place there and also in the community. They had built a community. One of the things that did happen during the shooting of Arlington Road was Jeff's dad, Lloyd Bridges, died. So there was a pause on production for about a month and we had to come back and do it later. The other thing that was happening was he had just played The Big Lebowski. I don't think it had come out in theaters yet, but he had just played, he was, he was rolling high off of that. Um, so we were actually singing some of the songs from that, even though I didn't know it, <laughs> in the trailer. He also created a book. He, he carried an old school camera around and would take pictures and created a book and sent it to all of us. So I actually have a book from Arlington Road of photographs that Jeff Bridges took, and I'm in one of them. Um, and that was really special. He also taught me something about my face to the camera. He always knew where the camera was. It didn't matter what the heightened emotions he was having to do or what the focus he had to do as his acting in his acting, in his role, he always knew where the camera was. It was pretty incredible. And he could, he didn't play to the camera, but he always kept whatever needed to be open to the camera, open to that camera. Even if the camera was spinning around the room, it was um, really uh, less, a good lesson to me. This is why I really, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't go to school for all this because I, it was hard to learn on sets and out in public, but I did learn a lot. And I think I learned a lot more by working and just jumping into things. And that's not for everybody, but it, it worked for me. So then the other thing that happened with Arlington Road was... Dun, 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 um, months go by. Time passes. Waiting for the movie to come out. I'm a day player, you know, I'm not a day player, but I'm a, like less than a supporting lead, really. Um, just support, I'm supporting. So nobody's keeping in touch with me about what's going on with the movie. And um, which, honestly, you guys, if you're on the Stuck team, this is why I keep in touch with you guys. I think it's such a hard thing to be, put your time and your energy and your heart into something and not have communication from from that project and not know what's going on with it. Um, it. It's also like, we are a band of gypsies and I find that to be very disconnecting a lot of times. So that's why I have reached out to the Stuck team monthly, even when there's not a lot going on, to let them know what's going on with the movie so that they feel connected with it and know that, you know, I'm still working on it. So months go by, um, the movie comes out. Uh, this particular movie I did not go to a premiere of. I was not invited to a premiere. I don't know where it premiered. I think it may have premiered at a film festival. But um, I went to the movie theater and I bought my ticket. I bought a ticket to go see the movie I was in, yes. And I was sitting in the movie. Now, up until this point, I had had a number of incidents. 
where my scenes were cut and thrown onto the editing floor. Ed Zwick's Courage Under Fire. Scene with Denzel Washington. Gone. I went to the movie. I wasn't in it anymore. Um, it's, it's really shocking when you think you're in a movie and you watch the whole movie and you keep thinking, God, I think that scene should happen by now. And you get to the credits and you go, wow, yeah, I'm not in that movie anymore. <laughs> so um, a number of those things had happened to me where I ended up part or all of my scenes had ended up on the editing room floor. And that can be a total esteem killer. It will kill your confidence because you don't know why. No one has told you, hey, Jenny, just want to let you know, we needed to cut that scene because of fill in the blank. It's just, hey, I went to see the movie and I'm not in it anymore. So in this movie, I thought, oh, I can't possibly be cut out of this movie, right? She shows up in various places. There's this pivotal scene where he realizes it's her. Da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And I will also tell you this. I talked myself into an extra scene that I wasn't in originally. <laughs> oh my God, at that time I was so good at this. Um, I noticed that I was on the set one day and they had the um, schedule out for tomorrow and I looked and I looked at the scene and I was like, oh, well, the class is going on a field trip, but I'm not called. And I went to the producer. I may have gone to the AD. No, I think I went to the producer. I'm not sure who I went to. Maybe I went to... I don't think I went to Jeff Bridges. Maybe I did. I went to somebody who I probably shouldn't have gone to and said, hey, you know, it appears that the class is going on a field trip tomorrow, and I am a student in that class, so shouldn't I be there? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should. So I got an extra day of work, Woo! and I got an extra scene, Woo! right? So I go to the movie... And I'm thinking, yeah, man, I'm going to, like, there's no way they can. Okay, you guys, I went to the movie. I'm waiting for the pivotal scene to happen. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. It never happened. I get to the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> there are two women sitting in front of me. And they're like, they turn to each other. I'm sitting right behind them. They're like, who was that girl with the ponytail? <laughs> Yeah, and um, I had done a little research. By now, there were, you know, things that you could read about stuff on the internet. And I did a little research and discovered that um, they had shown that movie, I think, in Europe, Germany somewhere. I don't remember where. And um, they got a lot of feedback that said it was too dark, da-da-da, and they did a whole recut of it. And... Um, part of it was that this scene got cut out so uh yeah that was disappointing but what wasn't disappointing is I think I made ten thousand dollars on off that film right off the bat like that was my highest earning year it may still be actually and I got insurance from that doing that movie that movie afforded me one year worth of union insurance um, I also had to go in to a doctor prior to doing that movie and have um, an exam done for their for the movie company's insurance, which I'd never had done before, um, to prove that I wasn't going to die during production. Yeah. So, what else? 
that was just such a really interesting experience. I didn't put all the dots together. There's even more things that I learned during that. Um, just that one movie. Whew. So that, my friends, yeah. I want to make sure that I've covered everything because I feel like there's something I'm missing. But if there is, we'll talk about it later. Yep, that was the time that I auditioned for Arlington Road. <laughs> Are you freaking out? Oh my God. <laughs> Have a great day. Love you guys. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm Jenny Tooley, your host. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's episode. So please comment, review, follow, subscribe, all those things that keep our podcast thriving. Until next time.